the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, joined by my co-host and radio legend, Donald A. Dix, <laughs> affectionately known as The Donald. It's so hard to uh, shake that with uh, you guys constantly reminding us and our listeners about this uh, remark Brandon Strock shared uh, when he announced that he was going to have an interview on the Jen and Don show, it was uh, it's great, and I'm I'm trying to live it down. Right, we're just we're just envious. So there's a lot of cultural stuff in the news. We've got an amazing guest with us right now. She's got an upcoming book. She's a regular author in the National Review, among other places. She is the Thomas W. Smith Fellow at the Manhattan Institute. I uh, couldn't be speaking about anyone else other than the inimitable Heather McDonald. Heather, welcome to the Unite I Radio Show, and thank you for taking time to be with us today. Oh, Greg and Don, it's such a pleasure. You guys are, are, are great patriots, and, and it's a real honor to be on with you. Well, bless you, and uh, we just want to remind our audience that you have a new book coming out. It's uh, pre-orderable right now. It's called The Diversity Delusion, How Race, Gender, Pandering Corrupt the University and Undermine Our Culture. Um, I can't wait to read it because, for my money, I think if the one area in America that we could fix would be the education system in our country, 90% of all of our problems would end as soon as we flush out the current beneficiaries of that great liberal education in our system. That is absolutely right. The, the potential of universities is so great. They are the preservers of the magnificence of Western civilization, Every professor should be down on his knees every single day in gratitude for his privilege of curating the works of Plato, Aeschylus, Shakespeare, William Wordsworth, George Eliot. Instead, these ingrates are teaching students under their supervision to hate. To hate the monuments of Western civilization and to hate their fellow Americans, and they are pouring poison into the body politic. I was I was laughing only because I was saying what they are curating though are the uh, is the amazing history as written in books by Howard Zinn. It's a completely false narrative. Yep. Uh, They are building it up. They're not just curating it. They are they are embellishing it. Uh, every day, it seems, there's new categories of victims that stick their hand up and demand their own diversity bureaucrat from their college administrations. If we want to understand why tuitions keep rising, look no further than the metastasizing diversity bureaucracy on practically every college campus today. Here in California, uh, taxpayers are funding 
UCLA's Vice Chancellor for Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion at nearly half a million dollars a year in salary. Jerry Kang, the recipient of this taxpayer largesse, has nothing to do. UCLA is not a racist institution. It is not a sexist institution. And yet, bureaucrats like Jerry Kang, the country over, are telling students that they are the victims of oppression by virtue of being on a college campus. It is a terrible delusion and one that's going to cripple them for the rest of their lives from taking advantage of the opportunities that are available to them. And it's not just this notion of you're you're oppressed because you're a minority, you're a woman, you're whatever group you're in, but the, the quality of the education is gone. That's not, absolutely right. That's absolutely right. I mean, there's, uh, they're they're not reading the books that they once did. I mean, the any any type of 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 canon that once honored the fact that that we again are the grateful should be the grateful recipients of this amazing intellectual legacy. They've all been cast aside because of the gonads and melanin of their authors, and instead uh, students are, are pursuing these ridiculously uh, fluffy fields like gender studies that have no content to them whatsoever outside of just sheer narcissism. So, yeah, you could, even leaving aside the cultivation of a victim complex, uh, Apart from the STEM fields, these are the science, technology, engineering, and math, which is itself in the crosshairs of the diversity ideologues. Uh, the the content of the humanities curriculum is is being watered down all the time. It's very true. Let's talk yeah. about someone who is a beneficiary of the education that we've been talking about. Uh, the New York Times hired a member to the editorial board, essentially someone who's supposed to weigh in on technology. Uh, Sarah Jung uh, is the recent addition to the New York Times that you wrote an article in National Review about. The article is entitled, Sarah Jung is a boring, typical product of the American Academy. What about her is a typical product of contemporary academy? And what what does this hire say about the New York Times? Well, what was interesting to me about this episode, uh, as you say, Donald, there was a, this woman was hired, and after the hiring, a bunch of, of intrepid internet sleuths uncovered her five-year Twitter history and blog posts showing a uh, obsession with whites, a hatred of whites, you know, cancel white people, read one Twitter post, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sick of these, of these white males, I'm just not going to think about them for a week because they make me so mad. Uh, just one after another after another, there was a long blog post that was really, I think, her, her um, uh, sort of the, the, the this high point of her victimology career, which was written after the Rolling Stone magazine retracted a completely fictional, highly sensational article that it had written alleging a gruesome campus rape 
at the University of Virginia at a, at a fraternity. I it turns that. out the yep. whole thing was, was made up. Sarah Jong, after the Rolling Stone retracted this article, said, I believe the victim. You know, and anybody who, <laughs> I, 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 every time they put forward such mundanities as t- dates and times and facts to rebut the Rolling Stone narrative, I, I, it makes me want to believe her even more. This for a journalist. Anyway, so she's got this long, long written history of, of academic positions. She was treated by the conservative media as somehow this aberration. You know, how could the Times have hired her? She's a racist. And everybody obsessed about Sarah John per se. My perspective is, no, no, she's not unusual. She is a completely banal product of the Academy. Every one of her tweets, every one of her blog posts was simply parroting what students in the humanities are getting on a daily basis. Her worldview is that of the Academy, and it is also that of the New York Times. And the three tenets of John's worldview, which has been just slavishly absorbed from American universities, is A, whites are the source of all oppression. They are, they are out to absolutely destroy every person of color and white and, and, and females. B, a contempt for objectivity, truth-seeking, and rationality. And C, a belief that we all live in a rape culture. And the New York Times lives by those values, as does the rest of the mainstream media every single day. Well, you know, this is this really points out the fact that in history, they, they really do need to study their history better because to say the whites are the source of all impression uh, totally leaves out centuries of systemic slavery that was waged by uh, black Africans on their weaker compatriots, selling them into slavery across the world. Um, I don't think that the slavery in, in Africa and the slavery that was waged by the indigenous people of America has anything to do with anything they ever learned from white culture. That is absolutely the case, and it is still going on. The tribal civil wars, the grotesque cruelty uh, that we see in Africa is completely indigenous. It has nothing to do with anything that was brought there by the West. only the West has come up with ideas of rights and limited government that worked to end uh, the slave trade and slavery. The West came up with the scientific method that has helped Africa come out from under the pall of infectious diseases. Uh, I mean, it is just, as you say, the historical ignorance is absolutely appalling. These students have no understanding of how unique it is to come up with the concept of the due process of law, of constitutional government, to be free of the corruption of the tribal loyalties, the family loyalties that still characterize third world countries. And on that note, we need to take a quick break with Heather McDonald, who's written another piece about the big white nationalist protest that turned out to have 
be a big nothing burger, but very revealing about what's going on in this country with the media. We'll be back after a word from our sponsor for this half hour. Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy. He'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now is the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire Radio Program, the show for the most important political office, that of our private citizens, our listeners, those who step up to answer the call of preserving the republic. Greg, did you happen to catch the, I don't know, couple of dozen or so alt-right white nationalists that decided to hold a big pity party for themselves in Washington, D.C. and Charlottesville? No, I blinked and I missed them. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, there's a bunch of protesters out there that didn't. Right, yeah, right the uh, Antifas. Yeah, the Antifas, and they're the ones that actually uh, caused a lot of the trouble. Heather McDonald is our guest for this half hour of the Unite Inland Empire radio show, Heather McDonald. Her writings can be found featured on National Review. She is the Thomas W. Smith Fellow at the Manhattan Institute and has a new book coming out that is a must-order for anyone concerned about really what it, it where where our culture is headed and the contribution that our corrupt university system makes to it. The book is called The Diversity Delusion. It is available right now for pre-order on Amazon. So click on over to Amazon, look up Heather McDonald or The Diversity Delusion and reserve excuse me reserve yourself a copy of that right now heather one of your other articles that appeared in national review was uh about the uh, white uh nationalist uh sort of right the, the the event that happened but you used that event as sort of a springboard for a conversation about what this is and what the response that uh happened to it says about um, you know, the, this administration's opposition, the uh, uh, media to a large extent. Uh, tell us what your thoughts are on, you know, how they responded to this. Well, leading up to this uh, rally in D.C., and there was another one in Charlottesville, this is going to be the one-year anniversary of the Unite the Rally last uh, August in Charlottesville that did tragically result in the death of one of the uh, uh, protesters, I don't know if she was a member of Antifa or not, uh, one of the yep. uh, alt-right white supremacist demonstrators drove his car into a, a crowd and killed a woman. That That is a 
sort of a game changer. I mean, as the Antifa is much more numerous, much more numerous. They've held much more violence, but but they have not killed somebody yet. So this that was really a a tragedy. Nevertheless, the numbers involved in these very fringe neo-Nazi groups are minuscule. They are minuscule. They have virtually no uh, effect into the world at large. Nevertheless, the mainstream media is determined to turn them into the very symbol of Trump's America. Uh, they are committed to the idea that anybody who voted for Donald Trump is himself a budding Nazi white supremacist the you know the deplorables that Hillary Clinton wanted to stick all in the basket, uh, and so they were. The media was building up the anticipation for this rally this Sunday, uh, thinking this is going to be another demonstration of of the uh, hatred that is Trump's base. And instead, as you say, twenty people showed up in Washington. They were outnumbered to the by factors of ten uh, by the Antifa protesters. So this was a complete dud, a complete washout. Nevertheless, the media is unwilling to cancel its narrative. It is still going to insist that the alt right is determining of Trump's ideology and of voters' ideology. And so the New York Times wrote this amazing article after the fact saying, well, nevertheless, the rallies don't matter. (laughs) Had the rallies been big, the rallies would have mattered. But now that it was a complete bust, well, the rallies don't matter, but it is the ideology that is influencing many people's political positions today. So you think, oh, really? I mean, we have like a lot of... uh, anti-Semites out there that are saying, you know, exclude the Jews? No, not really. Here's the Times as examples of the positions that if you hold these, you have been influenced by the white supremacist neo-Nazis. Number one, if you oppose affirmative action. Number two, if you believe in the immigration rule of law. And number three, if you support trade protectionism. Well, this is ridiculous. These are positions that have, in the case of trade protectionism, a lineage dating back to Alexander Hamilton, one of our founding fathers. Barbara Jordan, a black Texas congresswoman, was one of the most articulate supporters of the immigration law in 1994. I can guarantee you that she was not influenced by David Duke. And as for opposing uh, racial preferences... That has been a understanding of conservatives for the last 30 decades, three decades, one that's been embraced by the black economist Thomas Sowell and the black writer Shelby Steele. It is, has nothing to do with white supremacy and everything to do with the respect for the Constitution. So the Times, nevertheless, is going to brand you uh, a follower and a, a neo-Nazi if you hold any of those views. Do they really believe that, or is that just an attempt by, and we see this throughout the left of the Democrat Party, is to try to 
call the Republicans, call conservative racists, and at least in the times before Donald Trump, the, the Republican or the conservative would usually cower and say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't really mean that. I don't really believe what I just said. Uh, because don't, don't, call me, or don't call me a racist. Don't call me a white supremacist. So what do you think? Do they really believe that stuff, or is this just an attempt to intimidate conservatives and Republicans into silence? I wish, Greg, that they were just using this strategically. I think they really do believe it. I think they really do think that uh, the only way that you can honor the constitutional guarantee not to discriminate on the basis of race is discriminate on the basis of race. I think they believe that the white power structure is lethal, uh, is real, that they believe, along with the media darling Ta-Nehisi Coates, that the very DNA of America is to destroy the black body. They certainly believe in open borders because they want to change this country to its core. Uh, trade protectionism, I mean, that was the, probably the weirdest thing that was in the Times list of, of white supremacist uh, products um, because that, you know, that you, it, it may be right or wrong as an economic policy, but... Um, it has nothing to do with that, and uh, it's been embraced by union leaders for decades as a way to protect American jobs. Again, it may be a misguided analysis. I'm, I'm agnostic about that, but, but anyway, um, again, this gets back to the Sarah John problem. This is not a pose. These are people that have the, the stellar products of the American Academy. It's been mm. drilled into them even before one gets to college these days, because the high schools and even, you know, elementary schools are being colonized by the identitarian left. One so, of the, go ahead, finish. No, I, it's, I, I think it's quite authentic. Oh, we only have about uh, maybe another two, two and a half minutes here, is one of the overall themes of your writing is, and it goes back to a book you actually wrote back in 2001 about the burden of bad ideas, and Prego said this recently, is that bad people can kill other people, but bad ideas can kill countries and civilizations, and you predated him by probably 15 years. Well, that's, but that's much more lapidary than I've ever seen. That, that's a fabulous uh, formulation. Well, Greg, yeah, Greg has a habit of doing that, actually. Um, that's why we keep him around. He has a great sense of humor and a very strong uh, memory of quotes and, and history. We're going to continue with Heather McDonald after the break. I want to remind our audience, her book coming up uh, that is available right now for pre-order is The Diversity Delusion. Heather McDonald wrote this book. It's due out September 4th. You can pre-order it on Amazon right now. Uh, and if you're a student, of what has taken this uh, country uh, off the main path, then this book is a must-read. We'll continue with Heather McDonald after the break. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your direct mortgage lender. If you're considering a new home purchase or a refinance of a current home, and you know everything about every financial option, your income is plain vanilla, straight salary, and you've got perfect credit, then perhaps dealing with one of those online lenders you see on TV makes sense. However... If you don't consider yourself a financial expert and you want someone you can trust to listen to what you're looking for and suggest the best option for you, then call us at Wholesale Capital at 855-640-2020. Whether you're a millennial buying your first house, a baby boomer wondering how to get out of debt before retirement, or a retiree who needs a plan to help you live more comfortably, we can find products and strategies to fit your scenario. 
In the age of rising interest rates, increasing home values, and mortgage products that are changing daily, you might want to talk to the experts that can help you navigate through some options to figure out the best plan for you. Call Wholesale Capital at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One more time, day or night, 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, weekends right here on AM590 The Answer. Welcome back to the Unite IE Radio program, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We are privileged to have uh, one of, I think, the great observers of our culture and writers with us today, Heather McDonald. She is the uh, individual that is a contributor to the National Review. Um, She is the Thomas W. Smith Fellow at the Manhattan Institute. She's got a brand new book coming out that you can pre-order on Amazon right now called The Diversity Delusion, uh, America in Crisis, From the University to the Workplace, Toxic Ideas First Spread by Higher Education Have Undermined Humanist Values, Fueled Intolerance, and Widened Divisions in Our Larger Culture. Heather, there is uh, a. I want to bring our conversation into some local political um, uh, news that has broken this week. Apparently, we have a legislator that would like to in, uh, require ethnic studies courses in our high schools in California in order to graduate. Now, knowing what you know about um, you know education. Uh, it, it occurs to me that with our schools in California, and you spend quite a bit of time out here in California, rated among the worst in the country, that the way to fix them is not to add ethnic studies as a requirement, but to make sure that they basically that they graduate with the basic understanding of reading, writing, and arithmetic, which they don't. Colleges are forced into uh, offering courses to get kids up to college entry standards um and now we've got this uh legislator here in uh california that wants to make ethnic studies a prerequisite for graduating from high school when they can't even master the basics what do you think this is going to do to california schools well this is tragic i i mean it's just education now has simply become ideological, and we're going to reach a point when every parent that knows anything is going to be homeschooling his child. Uh, this is a, a just a irresponsible diversion of resources. As you say, Don, the schools are not fulfilling their most basic responsibilities, which is to make sure that students graduate with literacy and numeracy, they certainly are not graduating with knowledge of American history, of the Constitution, of, of European history, of, of literature, of art. Uh, ethnic studies is simply brainwashing in more victimology. It's not as if they're not going to get this if they go on to college. It's going to be the theme of their residential advisors, of, their, of the... Uh, provosts and deans that are going to be talking to them constantly about their identities as either the oppressed or the oppressors. So uh, my guess is this will go through. You know, Arizona had a requirement like this, and then the legislature actually revoked it. Uh, But I think the political uh, 
lineup in California is, is still quite different from from uh, Arizona's. So I am I'm afraid uh, pessimistic that uh, this will in fact be eagerly embraced by the Democratic uh, legislature up there and the and the Latino caucus. One of the things that uh, you comes apparent when you're writing and, and other areas is the left. They have to convince people of things that, if you just look around and look at the evidence, look at the facts, aren't true. That America is not this seething cauldron of racism where white people are trying to hold down black people. And if any, and maybe you can get, you have to keep them such in the bubble that you could believe that. Where if you're out in the real world, you just look around. That's not so. Global warming. They have to convince people that there's human-caused global warming that's going to cause this a serious problem. You'll have to change how we live, work, and play, and give more control to the government. But it's, you just look at the evidence, and it's not so. The the Russia collusion, Trump Russia collusion, not a shred of evidence of that, and they've been pounding away at that for two years, trying to convince people of it. And to somehow, they're, they're, they're able to, you know, I guess people like Sarah Jong have to have some level of intelligence, but they're able to convince them of stuff that's not true. It is remarkable. It is absolutely remarkable. Patently counterfactual. I mean, you can start out the simplest test case. Again, let's just take it back, I'm afraid, to the universities. You, the idea that universities are discriminating against students, so-called students of color, is ridiculous. To the contrary, there's not a single selective college in America today that is not, has not instituted massive racial preferences to get more black and Hispanic students in. They are admitting black and Hispanic students with academic qualifications a standard deviation or two below that of whites and Asians. The same goes for faculty hiring. You rightly say, Greg, with, with contempt and scorn, that, that their idea that America is a nation of bigots. Give me a break. You know, people, it is, I, I, I get the idea that given our history of slavery and, and de jure segregation, which was a very tragic and appalling history, a betrayal of our ideals, it, it's hard to believe, but we have changed that much. We have. Americans just want to get along. You know, you go out to the Midwest, a bunch of nice white people. They are not bigots. They're nice people. You know, employers just want to hire the best person. He doesn't care about race or gender. Uh, and, you know, most students today, I think, even minority students, are ready to be in a truly post-racial environment. They just want to get along, make friends, do as little studying as possible, and net a degree so they can get a job, sadly. I mean, I, I wish they had more of <laughs> love of learning for its own sake, but those are the sort of the facts we've been dealt. They, they, they don't care about race, and yet the whole industry is determined to put race consciousness and and resentment uh, into everybody's heads to keep this whole racket going. 
One of your other main areas you've written about, uh, you had a book on called The War on Cops, is crime and how the same kind of identity politics is playing over into law enforcement and harming the safety of the people that they, the proponents of this seem to say they want to try to help. Well, this is more complete blindness to facts, Greg, that you say. The, the major conceit of the Black Lives Matter movement is that policing is racist to the core and that only racism can explain patterns of police behavior. The Black Lives Matter movement and its media enablers depends on one thing, covering up the facts of crime. And the facts are these. Blacks, unfortunately, given thanks to the breakdown of the family, are exponentially more likely to engage in violent crime than than the rest of the of the population according to the federal government the bureau of justice statistics which is the most gold standard we've got for criminal data blacks are eight times more likely to commit homicide than whites and hispanics combined if you take hispanics out of that uh... formula you've got a black white homicide differential of about eleven to one the victims of homicide are also disproportionately black. Blacks are six times more likely to die of of homicide than whites and Hispanics combined. This narrative about the cops being racist uh, has resulted in cops backing away from a type of policing that actually lowers crime, which is called proactive policing, where cops use their discretion to intervene in suspicious behavior Cops are just driving by suspicious behavior now. And as a result, in 2015 and 2016, we saw a 20% increase in homicides in this country, felt not by most white people, but felt Mm. by black inner cities. Almost 3,000 more black males were killed over those two years than than in the previous year, leading to a total of about 8,000 black deaths in in 2016 uh and and so only by ignorance willed ignorance uh turning away from the facts that blacks are the victims of crime and they are also sadly disproportionately the the perpetrators of urban street violent street crime uh can we get away with this narrative about the cops being racist but as you say that narrative by vilifying the cops by discouraging them from engaging in constitutional policing has only resulted in more black deaths. And Donald Trump was the only person during the presidential campaign who had the courage to talk Mm -hmm. about this. He He, talked about the courage in Chicago. He was absolutely right. He was called amazingly a bigot for talking about the loss of black lives in Chicago. It was a really (laughs) uh, puzzling moment. He was. And oftentimes these arguments in this case are, are, are exemplify the fact that the, the like it, as in uh, this attempt to hang the racist noose around police, a distraction from the real underlying cause, which is driven by Democrat policies in the first place. Um, I want to get your thoughts. We've only got about a minute or so left before we have to say, uh, sadly, goodbye. Um, 
we've got a, a major election uh, midterm coming up. I think it's as important po- possibly and consequentially uh, as the election of 2016. You've got Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez that has become seemingly the standard bearer for the Democrat Party. Elizabeth Warren just one-upped her by saying maybe we should take all private property, wholesale seizure of private property. This is in a compa- an article that appears also in the National Review. Give us your thought about um, does the left continue to attack left and what potential does that hold for the outcome of this midterm? Well, I think people have to get out and vote. I'm concerned that there's going to be an enthusiasm deficit and and the uh, hatred for Trump on the left is so great that people are energized. And unless you get out to vote, uh, I think there could be a uh, reversal in in uh, the House, I, I think it's quite possible. And I, one would like to think that the Democrats tacking to the left and their, their increasingly strident embrace of identity politics will turn voters away. But again, the grip of the universities, the more, more graduates we graduate until we reform our universities to return them to their humanistic mission, uh, the more people you're going to have that are voting left. So I'm, I'm not one to say, oh, this is going to redound uh, to the detriment of, of the Democratic Party. It's, it's, it's left would lurch. I think it, it picks people up. Interesting. Heather McDonald, I can't thank you enough for taking uh, time out of your out of your busy day to be with us. Heather McDonald, the author of the upcoming book that is uh, available to pre-order right now on Amazon, The Diversity Delusion. Uh, you can read her works regularly in the National Review. Please do. She is the Thomas W. Smith Fellow at the Manhattan Institute. Heather, have a great day. Thank you so much for being with us to share your insights on these topics. Yes, thank you very much. Oh, Greg and and, and, uh, Donald, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much. More up ahead on the Unite Inland Empire radio program as we continue after a message from our sponsor for this half hour. All-star collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And uh, if you missed any of our previous segments, we had a great discussion with Heather McDonald from the Manhattan Institute and National Review. And I would encourage you to go back and get this on the podcast. She's wonderful and worth, uh, and definitely worth your time to not only listen to her, but also to read uh, all of her articles. And pre-order her book, which we plugged mercilessly while she was on the air, but you can pre-order. The Diversity Dilemma. Yes. Pre-order that at Amazon.com. Um, I plan on getting it, and uh, I hope you do, too. 
One of the and there's been a subject we haven't talked about on the show for a while, and that is the jihad uh, by Muslim extremists, or whether they're really extremists, by jihadists to impose their way on the West, on America, and on Western Europe. And a lot of this news goes on, and if you look on places like Jihad Watch or uh, our or com, there's just these just constant, constant incidents that really don't, that, that do not make the news, never mind not even conservative news. But some things force their way. There's a couple of stories here in the United States in the last uh, week or so. One is the, the New Mexico compound where the, uh, actually the FBI had been watching this guy for a long time and then the finally local authorities raided it because of child abuse allegations and it turns out this uh, son of a imam in new york who is linked to the first world trade center bombing was training children allegedly to engage in mass shootings at schools and then there's another here in California, a refugee who turns out he was a member of ISIS and he's wanted for a murder back in Iraq of an Iraqi police officer. Amazingly, this gentleman, I use the term in this case rather loosely, has been tracked by the FBI since 2016. He was arrested Wednesday uh, by the FBI in California, where he had applied for refugee status. And now he is uh, facing extradition for the 2014 murder of an Iraqi police officer, which occurred in the Anbar province. Um, the ISIS terrorist, as he's now being referred to, went on a murder, uh, went for murdering a police officer in Iraqi directly to Sacramento, California. Talk about extreme vetting, Greg. What kind of vetting was used in determining whether this guy should be allowed into this country in pursuit of refugee status? Probably as good as the vetting as all of the other refugees from that area of the world, just because there's just there's not rely there's not reliable information on these people, and you, there's no way to identify these people. And I guess they eventually figured it out who this guy was, and and that's good. But how many others? And that's the whole point. He how was, many others have slipped through? Yeah, he concealed his terrorist ties on his refugee application, uh, and even applied for a green card. And according to court documents filed by the government, the FBI has been monitoring him. Uh, since 2016 for visa fraud. But the case you mentioned in New Mexico has a very interesting connection to Orange County because the father of Siraj Wahaj, who is Imam Siraj Wahaj, he's a Brooklyn imam, was one of the two individuals that were guest speakers at what was supposed to have been uh, a charity event, a fundraising event that took place in Yorba Linda back in 2011. And because of who these people were, Siraj Wahaj, who said some things that were rather incendiary, calling the United States America as a cesspool. Uh, he has been an advocate in some uh, secretly recorded uh, audio of, of of Sharia being the solution for, you know, everything that ails America. He's had, maintained a pretty low profile. He is also uh Linda Sarsour credits him as being her mentor she uh, remember when she recently stood up and 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 said we need a jihad against Donald Trump at that event in that same event she acknowledged Siraj Wahaj as being her her mentor so the son of Siraj Wahaj is the guy that was busted at this New Mexico compound well now the judge is under fire 
because the judge released the suspects due to political pressure uh, holding these individuals and released them under what's called, and you need to explain this to our, just explain this to our listeners. It's a signature bond, and the amount was $20,000, but what that signature bond means is the defendant has to pay zero money unless they fail to show up to court. But of course, the whole point of a bond is to induce the defendant to show up to court. So now the defendant has zero money at stake, and one would not be surprised if the if that if that person disappears. Now, at the heart of this, and this is something that we have talked about on this show, we're probably going to talk about it again. New Mexico is one of these states that is undergoing quote-unquote criminal justice reform. We recently saw Bill AB 1810, uh, which reformed our criminal justice system, now allows people convicted of any crime in California to cop a defense uh, plea of mental illness. So murder somebody. If you can find it, if if your judge will allow it, and you can find you know credible, count, uh, I guess psychiatrists that will vouch for the fact that you're mentally unstable or you've got a mental illness, you can literally get out of you know serving you any crime. You can literally get away with murder. Literally, you can. Uh, New Mexico did some criminal justice reform. They revamped the state's bail laws and raised the legal threshold for detaining suspects before trial. So apparently there, this is a little bit of the reason why this judge had to do this, uh, came under fire now for letting these people go. But yeah, training, training children to uh, engage in school shootings, child abuse. There was a body of a child that was found in the compound. And there's no, yeah, no, there's no public safety issue here, is there? None at all. We'll be back after a message of our with our sponsor for this half hour. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program, the show for the most important political office in the country, the get out and vote office. You got to get out and vote this November. Do the uh, that's that's like the minimum level of performance for a citizen of a republic. That's just the start. That's just the start. And there are a lot of reasons to vote. Not only there are in every community, there are very important local races um, in the Inland Empire. There's some very important assembly and, co- and congressional races, but something that's going to be on the ballot that uh, you went to a uh, meeting on this week, which is the repeal of the gas tax. Uh, this is something that was this particular uh, referendum that's being added to the ballot was spearheaded by Carl DeMaio, who also engineered the recall of Josh Newman, senator who was one of the important key votes uh, in order to pass this. What did you learn at the Yes on Six event that was held here in San Bernardino. Well, this is a great opportunity for 
all Californians to reclaim our tax dollars and control over our government. It's a great opportunity for conservatives and Republicans to have a victory on something. And that, that, the importance of that can't be understated. That this is worth to an average family of four, $779 per year by the time you count your license fees, your gas taxes, as well as the effect of higher energy prices, higher fuel prices on everything you purchase. For example, food. All that's carried in trucks or on trains or both. And the diesel fuel, that's another 20 cents a gallon under this gas tax. And yet, there's not a, not a single penny is legally required to be spent on roads. The politicians can spend it on practically whatever else they want. And even the follow-on initiative that, we, that people voted on and passed in June, even when there, roads just one law in a long list, bike paths and trains and, and so on, and sidewalks and other purposes. And if the governor declares a fiscal emergency, then all of it can just go straight into the general into the general fund. So there's absolutely zero guarantee you get more roads out of this. You may get more signs by the side of the road saying this is how we're spending your your uh, your, your your prop one tax dollars. That's the gas tax, but no guarantee of actual more roads themselves. So, but the other side, they have much more money, and it's going to take a a, a huge citizen effort, contribute some money to the cause. Get out those lawn signs. Talk to your neighbors and your friends and coworkers. Uh, you can go to the website here, gastaxrepeal.org. That's gastaxrepeal.org. Sign up for that because if you want lower gas prices, you want lower gas taxes, and we have the highest gas taxes in the country and the worst roads in the country, then you need to support and help pass Proposition 6. Well, I agree with you, but I agree with you also for the added reason of not just lower tax pr- uh, prices, because honestly, 12 cents on a gallon of gas, I you know, we see gas prices fluctuate by 12 cents a week, given whatever the crude crude oil is doing on the open market. More importantly than saving money is sending a message to Sacramento. You cannot, you can no longer foist your fiscal irresponsibility on the backs of of citizens you've been given some of the most uh, uh we've, we've had some of the most highest gas taxes in the country you've misused that money for decades you've rerouted it in the general fund to pay for things like an out-of-control pension system to pay for other priorities you can no longer do that you have to live within your means just like every family in california and with that greg we got to say goodbye Tune in next Sunday for a special edition of the Unite IE Radio program at 4 p.m. We're preempted by the Rams game. We'll have a special edition of the Unite IE Radio program at 4 p.m. on this very station, AM 590, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.